Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Motti was on top form. I really he enjoyed the section. We had a bit of a reminisce, didn't we, about the FA Cup? Mm, and uh, which some we very tales much of commentary and all sorts of interesting things. I yeah, very yeah, good. yeah. Uh, we had a chat. We did. We covered some ground. You told us about a little trip to China. Yeah, it all got a bit weird. Yeah, no change uh, there. And I, I stood up for people when you didn't. <laughs> you always do that. Yeah. So you'll hear all of that. So here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> West Ham uh, are considering offering Andy Carroll a pay-as-you-play contract. Yeah. That won't cost them much then, will it? No, well, well, I saw this, and it's that classic dichotomy, isn't it, that you think, we've pumped all this money into this guy, and he's been injured most of the time, mm. and it would just be our luck that we let him go. He goes on a free somewhere else and plays a whole season. <laughs> well, look, I mean, he would probably admit with the problems he's had before, that's unlikely, but uh, you're always concerned, because you know there's a player there. Oh, Everybody knows there's a player and an excellent player. Definitely know there's a player. But he's just been blighted by injury. But I think in the end, that's what, you know, as I said, it's very easy to kind of take the mickey. But Mm. having spoken to Darren Anderton about that, being called sick note is going to be one of the worst things in the game because the last thing the player wants is that. So uh, it's really tough on them. Uh, physically and mentally so we hope Andy Carroll can get back and start playing again oh absolutely uh, Victoria Beckham I think you can defend her now as well uh, Victoria Beckham yeah I probably will yeah. yeah of course you will has revealed her latest health fad uh, yeah. drinking water that has been bottled during the hours See, of the full moon I saw this I was going to say to you today that, I mean they must sit round sometimes the family with the papers from around the world involving yeah. the kids these days yeah. as well they must just laugh at these stories she must sit there and say do they honestly think I will only drink water that's been bottled on a full moon. Are they mad? It's just not true, is it? Well, it's complete rubbish. The water is said to be charged with the energies of the moon, she said on Instagram. So she is... Well, she might, she might think it's quite good, but yes. I mean, it's, it's not the only water. If she was in the desert <laughs> and, and it wasn't a full moon and it was a matter of life and death, what would I'm she not, do? I'm not blaming her, really. I'm blaming the people who are offering this bottle of water. Actually, to be honest, £2.18, it's £2.18 pence. Uh, it's cheaper than the bottle of water that you get at Stamford Bridge for about two six. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that isn't bottled on a full moon. wouldn't and, think so. No, I don't think so. And uh, anyway, she, she ate clean meals with salmon, spinach and broccoli. Can't be anything wrong with that. No. And... And uh, there you go. So, uh, good for her. Good for her. But yeah, I'd I'm defending her again. Don't Anybody else you want me to stand in their corner? 
No. Um, Nick Kyrgios, go on, try No, him. no, come on. He's, on. he's beyond redemption, really, isn't he? <laughs> well, having said that... Oh, he, God. No, he is, he's a troubled soul, and you have to... If you keep doing something like that, you have to question whether somebody needs help uh, more than being th- pilloried constantly. Uh, yes, I think so, but, yeah. I, uh, you know, for I'm his on a roll sake. today. It's like thought, it's like thought for the day, <laughs> isn't ridiculous. it, this? Do you no, know, in fact, I we think, should all... I think tennis should throw him out of tennis for about at least six months, basically. Dennis should throw him out of tennis? He should they should get a bloke called Dennis, Dennis in charge of Dennis tennis. should come yeah. along and say, you... We've had enough of your yeah. nonsense. You're going to sit down for six months and give it some thought. Both um, Peter Crouch and Danny Rose have been speaking very eloquently uh, during this Mental Health Awareness mm. Week, and it's something we'll come back to with Graham Fowler later on. But I've seen their surnames quite a lot recently. I'm thinking Rose and Crouch. That's a good name. That's a good pub sign, isn't it? <laughs> the Rose so and you, Crouch. You, could you see that? You could yeah. see Danny a, and Pete It is a very good there. thing, but I think, you know, there is a slight danger with this. You can't, you know, Kyrgios' behaviour, you, yeah. you can't excuse this. Whatever, no, you can't. Whatever grounds it is, He's like throwing chairs across the court. He has right? anger issues, doesn't well, he? he does. I think yeah, so, yeah. If you haven't seen out. this, he well, what did he do? He kicked a bottle. He broke his racket. Then he then he lobbed a chair WWE style onto the court. So it's cost him sixty three grand or something. Mm. A lot of money. Yeah, ludicrous. Yeah. And uh, did you see that robot wedding photographer? You can no, hire. funny enough, I didn't. No. You can hire. It was in the sun. You can hire. Well, you know, if a robot wants to take photographs of a wedding, why shouldn't it, Andy? <laughs> You've been very robotist today. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this theme going. <laughs> a couple focus on the future of their wedding by hiring a robot to take pictures. Yeah. Uh, Gary and Megan Barker from Warwickshire became the first to try out Eva, which is the bit I like, which from behind looks like Kate... Middleton's no Kate's bridesmaid Pippa Middleton. What the robot does? Yeah, well, it doesn't really. It's got a no. plastic bottom. Does the robot do all those things that <laughs> wedding photographers do? Does it say things like "Bring your daughter into the picture"? What do you mean? That's your mum. That can't be your mum. She looks too young. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Things robot wedding photographer would say. Can we have the bride's f- brother? That you can't be. You must. You know, it'd be all those sorts. Like it's a bit of a Dalek. Yeah, it, it would be, wouldn't it? I'm sure, they give it a better voice than that. No, no, no. It's slightly camp Dalek. <laughs> you like that? I like that a lot. The Hawks. And Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's interesting. I mean, we're all very sad, Chelsea fans, about Ruben Loftus cheek I think even England fans are upset because he was starting to play really, really yeah, well. Yeah. But it's interesting how it's funny how according to which paper you read, if you read all the, the tabloids all say out for a year. And all the broadsheets say out for six months. So I'm not quite sure which one it might Normally, be. Normally, uh, Achilles is about six months, isn't I'd it? I'd have said six to nine months. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, go, you're, you're splitting the difference. Um, yeah. the, they're saying Hudson Adore is likely to sign a new five year deal, one or two people have yeah, been saying. I'm quite pleased about that. Yeah, oh, that's, that, that well, is good know. news, considering it looked like he was off. Yeah. He, well, I think he sort of proved himself, and I think he realises that hazards on his way, and it's all there for him, you know. So, be fantastic. Um, um, and adding yeah. to the list of footballers who aren't massively into football, it's it's weird, isn't it? When you mm. first encounter that, I remember writing for ninety minutes. I can't even remember the player was, but talking mm. to a player. Um, kind of off duty about football and they had very little interest they never really mm. watched it they played it they happened to be good at it but they really didn't care they didn't watch matches and they went to present way. the breakfast show here. No. No, 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 <laughs> no, no 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 very harsh no, he likes true. his football big Alan <laughs> but um, no um, um, Etienne Capoue has said I don't watch football I didn't know about the FA Cup even when I was playing in France I'd never watch four games back to back like some players mm. and it just you just immediately think because you know you love it 
uh, and the fact that they play it, there are people that would settle down and, and watch a game of football. But I don't know. I mean, if you were an art welder and there was uh, art welding today TV, would you necessarily sit there and you happen to be rather good? It's my favourite. And you say, listen, mate, I'm not a real welder. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm, you'd watch it. If you watch racing, uh, dog racing TV, you'll watch art welding today. I love yeah. it. Uh, talking of television, uh, Chris Evans. It's not a lot of call for arcs, really, these days, is this? I know no. that's not what one is, of course, before you write in. Yep, carry on. Sorry, Andy. He's <laughs> very much as you uh, diversify into arc welding. Chris Evans, our own Chris Evans, has given Mary Berry uh, a, a gong at a food awards. She was crowned TV personality of the year. Well done, Mary. Yeah, sort of. No disrespect to old Mary. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, I don't know. I mean, she's not on Bake Off. Yeah. And her own programme, the recipes were just criticised. People were saying, well, how can you make spaghetti bolognese like that? Well, maybe she was available. Maybe they rung Prue Leith <laughs> and she couldn't make it. That's how a lot of award ceremonies, Ooh, you'll be surprised. Don't give it all away. You'll be surprised <laughs> at the way award ceremonies work. Well, we'd love, we'd absolutely love you to come. Well, I can't come. But if you, you know, I don't say this to mm. me, I've never won anything. But uh, you do, I've heard of this in the past. Mm. We've it really would be worth you coming. They're basically pleading for you to tell them they've won, then they'll turn up. It's it's true, yeah. really, but uh, there you go. Hundreds of thousands of Game of Thrones fans have signed a petition against the final series. They're not happy Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, McGoffey. Yeah. yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. And uh, they're not happy with it. They don't, yeah. like, they don't like it. I mean, they all grow up. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. When you sign a petition, what, what's anybody going to do about it? Oh, I don't know. Nobody. That's um, a big deal. A local barber says that Brooks Kepka left him a $800 tip. Did you see this? Really, he did his, he? Had his haircut, obviously. He just going there for, for the sake of it. Yeah, and uh, and he had his haircut, and, and then Brooks said, "Oh, thanks very much." I suppose it was about well, American things are expensive, hundred dollars, say. Yeah, they gave him eight hundred dollar tip. Well, that's a decent mark, have not it? Well, yeah. he made his caddies thinking, "Yeah, thanks." I normally get about ten percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done to him there. Um, well, yeah, of course. I'm saying well done. He just cut somebody's well hair. That, well, well, that's his job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well done, Brooks, rather than well. Oh, done. sorry. Well done, the bloke who not been got a great week tip. for Leeds sports wise. That continued uh, mm. last night when uh, Leeds got a bit of a shoeing against uh, Castleford. Mm. Blimey, it's an absolutely they're in a proper relegation fight. Rhinos, it's hard to believe. Isn't I know. It? How's it happened? It often it's does happen. It's happened a few times though yeah. in, in Super League. You know, teams often win it or they will be high flying, and then the and then the following season they have a bit of a mare. But um, I believe they got it's Magic Weekend, isn't it coming up? They've got London Broncos now, hmm. vying for bottom place with Broncos. That's a huge game now. And uh, talking rugby and the, league, and the Catalan one's going to be interesting yeah, tomorrow. big game in tomorrow, the isn't it? Camp. Wigan playing uh, Catalans at um, at the New Camp. And a game uh, that would probably get about 8,000 people is going to get about 30 tomorrow, which is a decent turnout. They'll be rattling around a bit in the yeah, stadium. that's the only problem. But it's, it? a, it's a great thing, isn't it? 30,000 will, uh, will be pretty impressive. It'd be great if the, the Wigan fans are sitting in the place where they put the football fans. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> what, you're way, well, right <laughs> up right in the gods, right yeah. up on the roof. They, won't, still plenty they of room. won't do that to them. No, of course they won't. think so. Now, something uh, reminded me this week, something that we used to do on the show quite a lot, but it's changed. And this was a story about uh, some baby food that has been recalled because some... Bits of blue rubber glove, often you know, in the, the manufacturing yeah, process. Like, definitely recall that. Yeah, can re- recall it. It's, it's, it's Cow and Gates cheesy broccoli bake, in case you. Well, blah, blah, blah. I've got loads. I eat loads of that. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember in the old days, and we, we used to call it, we used to say we were going to have our own 
magazine called Product Recall because they used to put it on the sports pages. It always took Product Recall's always on the racing, normally on the racing page. On the page. racing page. And we figure, well, maybe it's cheaper to advertise and put it there than it is yeah. in the bulk of the paper. But what happens, well, it's fine for people to talk sport because they, they'll have known about it. But if you didn't like sport, you didn't like sport, you wouldn't so as know. As a public just... service announcement, I used to read them out. You did, yeah. It was very good of you. Very good of me. But, but still... I always said to you, it was, it, it was never going to make a magazine because who would buy a. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be massively paranoid to buy a weekly or monthly magazine that was just Product Recall's <laughs> on the basis you felt you might have a product that needed recalling. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be really, really down on yourself, <laughs> you wouldn't you, really? Oh, I definitely bought something that needs recalling. I'll pick it up again. <laughs> I'll resubscribe. And did you read the story about the woman who bought a chicken dinner in Iceland? Yeah. And uh, it had... It's a, a long way to go, isn't it? Well, it is really. Uh, a bird's head was found amongst the Iceland chicken wings. Yeah. This can happen again. Is it in... some kind of bird mafia hit? <laughs> well... Is that what it was? It's, I remember driving in China once. I was on a Chinese motorway. Were you really? And uh, we stopped off at the service station... And there was this, you could buy this tin of chicken and it, and it had the head on it, the whole thing. And I said to my son, well, that looks a bit... So, uh, sorry, it was, a, it was a, a single chicken in a tin? Single chicken in a tin, full head, full claws. The, the whole thing, basically, yeah. just, just a chicken... Uh, it was a whole into... chicken in a tin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, has it been de-feathered? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, well, what do you mean, of course? It's got everything else on. Well, it was a, whole, a pair of basically, boots and an well, overcoat. It was edible. It was a whole edible chicken. You could, Had it been cooked? It had been cooked, yeah. And cooked then you chicken could, in a tin. I think you could either have it cold or heat it up. I, I don't speak Chinese, but I'm guessing, head judging and beak. by the picture of it. Yeah. The beak and a, the head. A, was it a big tin? Or had it been, had well, it had it been... chicken size, funnily enough. <laughs> like <laughs> chicken-shaped? Yeah, it was a massive tin with a small chicken in it. No, it was about the size of a chicken. But it obviously hadn't been sort of rolled and trussed and all the other stuff no, you do no, with a chicken. No, 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 it was lengthwise. It was a, so it was a it, big, long tin? It was a long chicken. <laughs> big, long tin? <laughs> what a great conversation. Don't start, don't start all your big, long tin material. producer's coming. He's quite worried. Yeah, 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 I well, don't blame him. <laughs> Sorry about this, Tom. Yeah. But so, so did you have one? No. Oh, well, what's after all that? Well, because I'm about to get to that point. Okay. The horrified mum of two said it was disgusting. Was there a horrified mum of two in there as well? What, <laughs> no, in China? Exactly. When I saw it, I nearly threw up. I haven't eaten meat since. It's really put me off. And I was thinking... Handy. Sandy, it's a good day they brought out the... Um, <laughs> uh, is it? Uh, Ginsters have brought out the vegan Cornish pasty a day, so it's made her day. Well, would have made her day. But, but you think, it's a, that's a bit daft, really. Where do you think chicken comes from? You know, they do have heads. It's a bit daft, really. There we are, breaking I'm news. I'm not eating meat now. Breaking news there for anyway. many. Chickens do have heads. <laughs> I may have a picture of the... I remember taking a photo of it, and I will... Look through my during the next. I just want to say how long the tin is. Yeah, I'll see if I'm I can really find interested it for you. now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Joining us now, man, synonymous with the FA Cup and especially the final as well. Of course, our very own John Motson. Hi, John. Now then, what are you going to ask me about tomorrow? Well, we're going to, <laughs> tell, we're going to come back to that because I know yeah. you're going, but... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to kind of take you right back, right. really, because people wouldn't realise we're so used to live football on the telly these yes. days. We take it as red. And you've been a commentator on the BBC for six years by the time you did your first live game, the 77 Cup final. Correct. Absolutely. It's amazing to think well, there, isn't there, it? There wasn't any live football apart from the Cup final and the odd European final if an English team were involved. Everything else was highlights. You know, match of the day Saturday night, ITV regions on Sunday afternoon. Mm. That that was the, the the kind of method that, that football used to get itself. And of course, at the time, the football league were very nervous about live games. They mm. thought it would keep the crowds away. Yeah. And of course, subsequently, it's proved not to be the case. Um, and sports tonight with Colman. <clears throat> don't forget that. Yeah, they do. Not live games though. No, but again, they were recorded highlights. highlights, yeah. highlights yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For so, sure. can you remember, John, that that proud moment? Uh, when you were first told you'd be getting the cup final? Well, I can remember it. it I think it was more a, a very nervous moment in some ways because it was a really kind of tense occasion because a lot of people didn't expect me to get it. Mm. And um, I went through a phase really of thinking, is this going to be so different to all the recorded games I've done? And uh, I, I just remember... B- sitting with Jimmy Hill in the in the commentary box at Wembley and thinking oh and I can I get through this you know so it didn't it didn't really um it, it probably wasn't as good a commentary as it well it certainly wasn't yeah. as good a commentary as it would have, as should have been but I I don't think I quite enjoyed it as much as I should have because I was so on edge was it was it a two-hander, Marty? So when you say Jimmy Hill, because well, I, I thought that was a new thing, like well, you and Trevor Brooking and stuff like that. N- n- well, no, um, <laughs> we had one microphone, and David Coleman always <laughs> used, David Coleman, who was my predecessor on the Cup final, said to me, "Whatever you do, only give it to Jimmy when there's an injury, <laughs> because he would he would have gone on talking." And what's more, Good Jimmy advice. Jimmy had us, and this carried on in, in later in my career. Jimmy had a secret desire to find himself with the microphone when a goal was scored. <laughs> and, and there was an international, just digressing for a few yeah. seconds, there was an international at Wembley between England and Scotland and I was commentating and I gave Jimmy Hill the mic and before I could get it back, there was an attack and Trevor Francis put the ball in the net. <laughs> and I thought, oh no. no. He's had his moment. And oh. then I looked up, <clears throat> linesman's flag. Yeah, oh, <laughs> sorry, Jim. Oh dear, disallowed. I mean, the other thing was you're Brilliant. doing your first live commentary, and you know you're doing all the build-up, abide with me, all that stuff, the colour stuff before and after the oh. cup final. It's a huge responsibility. Well, you know the whole country's watching. That, don't you? That's right. I mean, the commentator used to take, uh, used to go on the air at about well, it was three o'clock kickoff, as you said. Yeah. The commentator <laughs> would start at well 
two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, we do the crowd scenes, the guests in the Royal Box, um, all the preamble, you know, that you could think of and mm. connections between the two clubs. Oh, it was, an, it, it was absolutely flat out in that, in that period. That one thing that um, that first one, I got off the hook a little bit because um, I'd read in a magazine the week before that there were 39 steps from the pitch to the Royal Box where they collect the cup. Mm. And, of course, the... Manchester United captain was Buchan. Yeah. Perfect. So, you know, it, it just fitted beautifully. Well, I say beautifully, it probably wasn't at all. But I was able to say how appropriate a man called Buchan should climb the 39 steps. Yeah. For those that don't know, John Buchan wrote 39. You, yeah, yeah we're well, with we, you. We, ah, you, we, we yeah. People yeah. at home going, I was thinking of young. About? I know, I was thinking of younger listeners who maybe hadn't yeah. read the no, book. No, of course, it was Martin Buchan, no, wasn't it? Martin yeah. Buchan was yeah. the Man United captain. Yeah. So... so but that was it, really. I was also going to say that you shared the the coverage with ITV, but, of course, BBC always used to <clears throat> totally outrate, didn't they? Sort of, you know... But how, did you ever speak to Brian Moore, who would oh, have been the commentator at the time? We, we, we had a private lunch before the Cup oh, final really? because wow. we were so determined to steer clear of all the hostility, I would even use that word, in the 70s, as to who was going to get on the team coach, which, yeah. which team, who was going to get the FA Cup on the air first afterwards, who was going to get the first uh, interview. I mean, it was really fierce rivalry between the two terrestrial outlets. Mm. Uh, admittedly, as Andy says, the BBC always seemed to get a higher audience figure, but while the preparations were going on, it was tooth and nail. So Brian and I found a quiet restaurant in London and we just sat down and chatted about our preparation and let them get on with it, really. We, we hear this Good week, story. John, it's not been confirmed that ITV could well be back into the FA Cup, bringing you the... So we're going to have that head-to-head again. Well, we are in a way, but I'm delighted about that because I think the FA Cup deserves to be on free-to-air. And um, the BBC has been sharing it, as you know, well, with BT, uh, latterly. Um, ITV, who are probably in need of a bit more football at the moment, to be fair, um, I think they will come in and you'll see massive... Uh, nationwide exposure for the FA Cup that it hasn't had for some time. Yeah, and uh, I'm quite delighted. I don't think we'll get down to fisticuffs on the pitch with ITV <laughs> like we like they did in the sixties. No, but but it's great. You know, it'll be good rivalry. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. John Watson with us in the studio. We've been reliving uh, great moments in the FA Cup final of the past. We're going to just do our favourite moments. I'll kick off. With mine, this is my favourite Motti commentary moment. I was I was behind the goal when this went in, and so I only enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a million times since, but you can probably guess what it is. And now Galvin, Spurs have got two to his right, and Galvin wants to go on his own. Villa, and still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scored. Amazing goal by Ricky Villa. The big man from Argentina went round one, two, three. Joe Corrigan came to block and Villa squeezed it in. Still Ricky Villa, Motti, just three words mm-hmm. in, in yeah. Tottenham folklore. I think his book came out with that as <coughs> yeah. a title. Yeah. Um, it still sends it shivers down my spine, that, actually, because it was an amazing finish. The first ever Cup final replayed at Wembley on a Thursday night. Yeah. And it was also the 100th FA Cup final. I mean, it was all set up. And Vila, of course, had been substituted had, on the Saturday. Yeah, maybe walking, disconsolately yeah. walking around the pitch. Story, yeah. I love uh, Garth Crooks in that moment when he does that. He thing. goes yeah. past him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he does that thing with his foot <clears throat> to make him, you know... I was the like, bloke like shouting, pass, Ricky, pass. <laughs> so what do I know? Uh, Andy's favourite moment, then. This is another yeah. great... I ca- mean, I'd say the 70, but... We, uh, the, well, uh, for the Motti commentary. For the Motti commentary. This, Here we this go. This was a great moment. Now, the first sign of Chelsea on the attack with Di Matteo. 
Oh, and a good run up front by Hughes, and Di Matteo shoots! Oh, what about this? What about this? It's possibly the quickest ever goal in a Wembley Cup final. It's Roberto Di Matteo inside 45 seconds. This could be an historic moment in Cup finals at Wembley. It was the return to prominence, really, for Chelsea yeah, you know, after all those years at the Cup final. Yeah, it was pretty so. 43 seconds, I think it was, yeah. in the end, they decided when they timed it. You yeah. did well to gauge that it well, was Well, I was trying to find a stopwatch. Yeah, but, you did really but, well. To, to be honest, <laughs> somebody reminded me the other day, that's already been beaten, Sahara of Everton. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Scored a quicker one. Yeah, that's so right. So th- those are the records, mm. you know. I waited all that time as a commentator because the previous record had been something like Jackie Milburn yeah. in 1955, you know. And <laughs> at last, one came along, <laughs> but it's, it's gone now. <laughs> It was great because in '94 we'd been sort of humiliated by United yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. rain, and uh, that was that was great a great moment. day. Have you got a favourite, John? Have you got an out standout favourite FA Cup final? I think my standout favourite is Dave <clears throat> Besant's penalty save, right? Because I'd, for once in my life, I'd actually <clears throat> found out something which really helped me a lot when it happened. I, I spoke to Dave Besant during the week before the Liverpool game. If you remember, John Aldridge was taking penalties mm. with a kind of a, a contentious style where he stopped in his run-up. Yeah. And so I spoke, I rang Dave Besant, who I knew, uh, a few days before the final and said, what are you going to do if you have to face a penalty from Aldridge with the way he's stopping? And Besant said, I don't care what he does, I'm going to dive to my left. Wow. <laughs> and I got this into the commentary just before they took the kick, fortunately, and right. he did dive to his left and he did save it. Brilliant. And it was the first time a goal a penalty had been saved in the in Wembley days. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the end of that game, oh, yeah. It's a fantastic a iconic line at the end of the moment. game. Let's let's bring you that now. Sanchez caught Young and Fashionu in there. Sanchez was in there. gang have beaten the culture club Wimbledon have destroyed Liverpool's dreams of the double and all over the pitch their players are celebrating something which a few years ago would have been impossible uh, you admitted you had uh, bucking the 39 yes. steps up your sleeve but yes no that... not the crazy gang I didn't no right. no that just just came out Spontaneous. What's wow. brilliant about that line, so good about it, is that it contains two references, one very old yeah. and one very current. As it was then, yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. You, you explained stuff earlier. I mean, the crazy gang were a sort of pre... Music hall act. Music hall yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flanagan and Allen yeah. and all that. And uh, Culture Club, of course, were hottest band at the time, really. So was, Boy yeah. George. Boy George. That's yeah. right, yeah. fantastic. So, look, let's, um, let's look ahead to uh, tomorrow. You're going to be there, John. Yes. Um, and... And, you know, everything that's gone on in the last few weeks in football make, makes you feel that, yeah, Watford have got a puncher's chance. But it's going to be so tough, isn't it? I mean, you heard from Vincent Company earlier on. Mm. They got their game face on City. Uh, uh, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I think it needs Manchester City to play well below their best and Watford to play at their absolute best mm. for the shock result to happen. But who's to say it can't after all the football we've seen recently? Yeah. Um, City, of course, chasing this treble. Uh, Raheem Sterling will be the man that Watford are worried about because he scored a hat-trick against them in one of the league games this season, apart from anything else he's done this season, which is a lot. Um, I just feel, having seen Watford last Saturday, or last Sunday, I should say, I think the one player who I think could trouble City is Delefeo. Yeah, he's back. He's got over that deadline. Because he likes the big occasion. He was the match winner in the semi-finals. brilliant. He can take players on. He's Mm. not phased by the occasion or by by the opposition. Um, 
and I suppose I don't know. We don't know what the. I think he'll definitely play up front with Deeney. I think that'll be that'll be a given. I'm not sure about De Bruyne playing for City, um, but he has been injured, hasn't he? But he's still got a lot in the tank because he hasn't had that many games. Yeah. And so I'm I'm naming players who I think could be match winners. But if you're asking me for a sort of a well a, a, a neutrals kind of sensible view on the game I've got to say well most people would expect City to win yeah yeah but then football is not as we've heard from the guy play I mean that Wimbledon one Wimbledon were actually in the old first division then they they weren't still a lower division they were about where Watford are now sure yeah so, so and Manchester City could be compared to the way Liverpool played their football back in the 80s mm, that's true so so we've almost got a, a comparison to to sort of Bite on in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I hope, it, I hope it's close. I hope it's a, you know, it's a good yeah. game because for the neutral, you don't want to see a city score early and they go two 0 up. Then yeah, it won't be. I kind of think set pieces could be important. You know, Deeney can cause yeah. problems. They got to make. I mean, again, well, it's going to be a game of few chances. They just got to make the best and of it. Always do yeah. struggle. You heard Pep saying after that last game that every time I think it was actually after the Burnley game that every time the ball they had to defend a set piece, he was praying because he knows they're such a small team and he, he feels in the transfer window. They're going to have to adjust that. They need some taller players. Yeah, yeah. well, certainly Deeney will be out to bully um, the two City centre backs. There's no doubt about that. Watford won't be. Watford. I don't think Watford will be phased by the occasion. No, I, I think they're perfectly capable of producing a performance as they had to do when they came back from two down in the semi. Yeah, okay. El- Elton's not going to be there. No, but the kids are going to be there. Yeah, the two boys are going to be yeah. what mascots. Um, I, I mean, Elton's in Denmark, isn't he? On his on his world tour. Yeah. What a review his films had this morning. Sounds by the way. great, Rocket isn't it? Man, I does, must see does that. Sound good. Yeah. yeah. I didn't come in determined to plug that. By the way, <laughs> was that you mentioning Elton? I, I was. I'm, I'm a Elton John fan. Listening. Be yeah. Fantastic. I was. Um, you're sure he'd be chuffed with the reviews today. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. We so, should quickly, because yeah. we are running out of time, just say. Uh, especially for your son who's a big Derby fan and I'm sure you were watching too what a, what a great yeah. occasion what a great moment for, for him and he's for all the fans he's got some negotiating to do because he's a new dad isn't he yeah but he is going to go to the playoff final right. don't, don't worry about that um, <laughs> I, I just also while we're on that subject of course Charlton tonight yeah um, trying to get well, should beat Doncaster. Well, they're 2-1 up away from home. Yeah. They're playing at home. Um, and that would give us a Charlton-Sunderland playoff final. Oh. Do you remember the 4-4? Yeah, oh, Mickey Gray is not going over All it. the he penalties. Tells us. Yeah, it's true. It was eh? an incredible game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's uh, show. Thanks for downloading us. We return next week. Among our guests in the studio, our old mate, Frank Skinner. Good. We'll be here. He's uh, a touring and playing Edinburgh, isn't he? So old Frank Frank Skinner. Our old Frank Frank Skinner, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy the FA Cup final. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.